All right, everybody, welcome back to the Move Podcast. We're talking about stage one of the 2023 Tour de France. And as has been the case, how many? Actually, this is a good question. So we've done seven seasons of this. Uh, has Alain been with us the whole time or maybe just maybe a year lot of two? Them? Yeah, so six of them. Anyways, let's cue Alain. This is the French guy talking about um, a Basque town. Alain, where do we go? Tour de France 2023. Stage one, Bilbao to Bilbao, Bilbao <laughs> to Bilbao. Oh, that's good. That's good. Of course, like every day, joined by JB and George. Um, well, we got half a George. He's almost. Collected. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Boy, I watched the show last night, George, and 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 I was sitting here and I was I was I was a little worried. You know, I didn't realize it was a big night. And as I was watching, it was, and even Anna was kind of watching, looking over my shoulder. She said, "Whoa, George's." Did I look rough? Yeah. Well, just just a little slow on the uptake. Well, I'm glad you pointed out uh, yesterday's show because you did uh, do some. Uh, you did state some things that were not actually fully true. I know. We're going to call on you. I know. We're going to get. I have. I, 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 we're going to. I want to save that for the end of the show. Okay. For those who watched or listened yesterday, it was it was a it was a sensitive moment, and I, and I and George and I reflected on it, and and I have an update. <laughs> so I'm going to get to that. Um, and just point of clarity, since I said half George, if they didn't hear the preview show, he just had his big 50th birthday. Correct. Which yep. anyone knows, that is a blowout. Thursday and night. went right from that party to here. Yes. And then you go into altitude and all that. It's like, whew. <laughs> yeah. Today's show brought to you by Mont Cush. But by the way, was Soli at the birthday? He had to be at the birthday. He was, yes. Yeah. So Soli is an old friend of ours. He's been on this show before. Of course, he's was... Uh, is famous for for OxyClean and and he, he did a, a shtick on our show one time where he uh, promoted products and jumped out behind the stage and yep. it was super cool. But uh, he, he's got a new product um, uh, from Montcush that's all, all about pain, right? And and is, and thank you, George, for pointing out that I've been in the gym and getting fit. With that comes a lot of pain. I mean, it's probably every month my back goes out or something goes out. And I'm turning to Montcush for pain relief. He, the the backstory on this and his own personal journey was was pretty amazing because he was looking for some alternative therapies for for his family, which was I think it's amazing. I don't know you know how all this works, but uh, you know Sully's got hundreds of acres up in Vermont. They do this. Uh, the process is apparently uh, next level, and and the pain relief, which so many Americans, so many people around the world. Uh, really suffer from. I know you're a big user, George. Uh, Might have needed some yesterday just to roll it around on the face of the head. <laughs> I've actually been up to the farm. It's a spectacular place. I've watched the process. Um, just uh, you know, super high tech, natural process, and the stuff works. Yeah, right. Uh, goes to work almost instantly. Soothing, cooling relief. Absorbs quickly, which is you know a lot of people. And here's the other one: no stain and no stink. Sometimes these things like going to get on your clothes or you walk around town. People are like what smells. <laughs> Uh, it's got none of that. Um, and as we said, George does swear by it. If you're in pain, get to Montcush. That's M-O-N-T-K-U-S-H.com. Use the code THEMOVE. That gets you 30% off. This is what it looks like if you're looking at here. There's the flow code up on the screen as well if you're watching. Again, that's Montcush, M-O-N-T-K-U-S-H.com. Use the code THEMOVE. That gets you 30% off. Today also brought to you by Roca. Uh, this is our go-to shade, um, it, whether you're on the, on the bike, on a trail run, out hiking, golfing, doesn't matter. Um, the, the lightest product out there, no slip, the best optics. 
And I have another update on when it comes to Roca, because uh, uh, the old man yesterday at dinner, uh, the new old man, <clears throat> kept borrowing my reading glasses because I think you were trying to play some bets on the race, which we'll also get to. But um, he kept borrowing my, my readers. And then today he asked uh, if I had an extra pair of, of Roca 2.0 readers. And I did. I, have, I always travel with my pair, which, is, which you always see in my hand, and, and a backup pair. And uh, I gave the man, he's got him right over there. I gave him with the case. Matt Black. Matt Black, which actually I kind of like better than the ones I wear. Um, George, those are my backup. There's no backup Correct. to the You've backup. You've said it many times. I got to give these back. I got <laughs> those, it. I got and, it. And, I forgot I would, mine at home. But. And, and I would love it if they came back not scratched. <laughs> um, Copy that. I'll take good care of them. <laughs> and so not only is Roka working with cyclists, but they're also working, check this out, Navy SEALs, Olympic gold medalists, Green Berets, world champions, and tons of different sports. And by the way, I mean, if you're talking about people that test gear and push gear, I don't know. I mean, us riding around for a couple hours and worried about sweat getting on them is one thing. But Green Berets and Navy SEALs, hello, they're really pushing it. Um, head on over to Roka. That's R-O-K-A dot com. The Move listeners get 20% off with the code The Move. That's Roka, R-O-K-A dot com, 20% off. And the code is The Move. <clears throat> Stage one, that is not, uh, well, of course it's not what we expected, right? Never in the, uh, we were sort of reflecting uh, before the show, maybe the Schleck brothers, of course we need Spencer to tell us if that ever happened before, but what, you know, to see a brother tandem get first and second, not to mention twin brothers. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, first, first stage of the, uh, the Tour de France, a monster stage, 11,000 feet of climbing, uh, two huge battles going on between UAE and Jumbo all day long. Um, breakaway going from, from kilometer zero and just inadvertently getting caught by teams just battling for position. Nobody was actually chasing the breakaway, but they caught them with 75 kilometers to go, which indicates how hard they were going and how hard and stressful the stage was. Before we get too much into the to, to winners and then the GC battle, in general, I would, I'm dying to hear your thoughts, Lance and George, on what it'd be like to start the Tour de France with, you know, that kind of stage, as opposed to your era, which was prologue often, or a sprint stage was likely the first stage, but not this kind of an animal. Look, I, I think um, <clears throat> there's a couple ways to look at it. Uh, any stage one of any Tour de France is nerve wracking. It could be a very straightforward, basic prologue. You're nervous, right? It's the start of the tour. Uh, prologue is an opportunity to, to either lose time or take time, but everything has to be right. The warm up, uh, knowing the course, uh, and it just has to be optimized. Or if it's just a, you know, like we typically did stages that were, you know, maybe field sprints if, if uh, in our day and age, but you're still nervous, right? You're st- it, the, the pace is higher. Uh, everybody's quacking. Um, but the thought of doing a stage that has, and we have Wout Van Aert's Strava file that a lot of these guys upload right when they get to the team bus. To think of about a stage, the first stage of the tour, 11,000 feet of climbing, 3,300 meters of climbing on day one. Uh, that's a beast. And look at that if you're watching. Um, unbelievable. Um, but, but at the same, like I said, it's, it can be good and bad. I mean, look at if you're obviously you're, you're very nervous going in, you know, you have to stay in position, you know, you have to come in super, super fit. But if you're a GC guy, like we saw with Tade Bogachar or Vengegaard, um, you know, they drew some blood today. And, and, and on the flip side, look at Carapaz. Here's a guy who we talked about yesterday and a lot of people had as a podium pick. Uh, 
I lost 15 minutes. So on the other flip side, uh, to your point, yes, very stressful, um, high pace stage for the GC guys. But then arguably for the sprinter guys like Cavendish, they knew they had no chance. They knew that all they have to do is get <coughs> fairly close to the finish and just sit up and ride with their teammates in a nice group that is going to get them to the finish line safely and within time. So in, in, in a lot of respects, the stage was actually probably a lot safer than a typical Tour de France mm. first stage because you don't have all the sprinters up there battling it out all the way to the end. You had, as we saw, 15 guys going to the finish line at the end and, and groups scattered the whole way. But 100 guys, uh, half, the, half the peloton, over 100 guys today, knew they had zero chance mm. to make it to the finish line, stayed out of the way for the most part. So I think the danger was actually a lot less. And, and if you're a GC guy and with an hour to go in the race, like think, think about a, a, a traditional stage one of the Tour de France with an hour to go. You still got 200 guys duking it out, quacking, fighting for corners, worried about crashes. We looked an hour to go. I, I had it at 45, 50 guys. So if you're a GC guy going, all right, this is totally stress-free. Yes, you had to be in position for the final two climbs, but you didn't have anything to worry about. I mean, this was not like a typical day where I would have been on, I would have been on the edge. Well, I would have been happy to get him to 30K to go and probably sit up on that second to last climb <laughs> and not worry about risking my life in the last five kilometers. So that's, that was my point with the sprinters and the classes guys today. By the way, I want to be on the record. Mark Cavendish, I, I thought he looked great. I mean, oh, even, he even just, he just, not that he was trying to uh, uh, do anything, but just looking at him, he looked comfortable on the bike. He looked lean. Of course, you guys are was, funny too, because you both comment, wow, he's looking lean. He's looking lean. The rest of us are going, all these MFers look lean, right? right. right? So yeah. you guys are definitely picking out yeah. different things, oh, no, their I've, position, how they look. Race with Cav for, for a long time, know him good. so well. He just, he looks so good. And he didn't, he knew he didn't have to make it to the finish line. He just was riding in the back, being very safe position, um, just taking advantage of this stage one that wasn't made for him. Um, but I could tell the guy just looks super, super good. Mm -hmm. In the GC battle uh, with uh, Pogacar and Vingago, there was tiny, tiny question marks on Pogacar because he hasn't raced as much. Just what we saw today at that little glimpse at the end, yeah, not, well, not really a question mark, is it? I know Lance pointed out on that, that second to last climb or even the second the last climb, he was smiling or laughing at one point. And everybody else is completely on the limit. Um, the guy is just, just a, a motor and he seems to always be joyful and happy and stress-free for the most part, even though it's the first <laughs> stage of the Tour de France with everything to lose. Um, he's up there just having fun, it seems like. Very different approaches, I thought. Uh, obviously, uh, Team UAE got first and third. Uh, both, both. by the way, both uh, uh, Yates and Pogacar are posting up at the finish line. Uh, there was some speculation in, on, on TV that, that uh, the commentators thought, well, he, maybe he thought he won. I mean, he didn't think he won. He was excited for yep. his team. What an opportunity yeah. for the team and... And, and it's still a little shocking that UAE is considering them co-leaders. They are not, right? And, and Simon Yates cleared that up at the finish. Or Adam Yates, sorry, cleared that up at the finish. Uh, but just you see Pogachar's enthusiasm for his teammate and his team. So there you have that approach. And then I saw Jumbo that I thought they raced incredibly smart. Yes. I, 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 even at the top of one of the climbs, Pogachar looked back and, and wanted Bingagar to pull through. And he just said, no. I mean, it's very calm. Wout van Aert, very calm. Uh, um, Christian Laporte, I thought, set up very – I think this team is – I mean, what are we saying here? We, we've done one day, but I thought they rode – different style today, but I thought they rode a smart like they race. weren't uh, panicking over four seconds or whatever. And they didn't seem right? – and they had four guys going into the final, right? The, the twins, uh, Adam and Simon Yates, had 
It was 13 seconds, and it ended up got up to 17 or 18 at one point. They were not trying. I mean, with, you would have to think with four guys, they bring them back, especially. I don't know. You got two brothers and a final of the Tour de France. They know each other, you know, better than anybody else in the world can know each other. Um, those guys are going to give everything they have, every last bit of energy. They're not going to save anything for the sprint. Um, they're super tight. So they, they knew already who was better and who was most likely going to win that stage. And in my opinion, they just went as hard as they can possibly go and worked together, you know, as two brothers would in the final of the Tour de France stage, which we've never seen before. You know, it's every now and again, and and oftentimes we talk about American football on the show, but you see these uh, brotherly rivalries in, in American football, right? You had years ago, you had the Harbaugh brothers coaching uh, each each team in the Super Bowl. Uh, last year in the Super Bowl, you had the Kelsey brothers playing each other. You always think about like, what are the parents? And the parents like have these jerseys made. They go to the game <laughs> and it's got like split, you know, where they got... Yeah, you're the parents like at home going, hmm. <laughs> Every kid grows up and tells their parents, well, you know, I'm the favorite child. All my kids claim that they're the favorite child. But what, like, the, what do you, in fact, that reminds me. I got a little boomstick, all right? Oh. I got a boomstick. All right, my boomstick, to, and this is my scoop. I got two scoops, right? Boomstick to John and Susan Yates. Nice. That's their parents. Love it. Huh? John and Susan, congratulations. I don't know what the hell y'all were thinking at home, but. That must have been fun. I did get a little scoop. Uh, um, obviously, Adam Yates, the winner. His brother, Simon, second. Apparently, was cramping really bad at the end. And, Simon and, or Adam? Uh, the guy that got second. Oh, Simon. Okay. Got <laughs> Simon. Yeah, well, that's, 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 uh, that's what I, I, uh, my source told me. Um, so, yeah, in a typical finish like that, with two guys on different teams that you know, obviously aren't brothers, 18 seconds on the, on the chasing group behind one kilometer to go, you're going to start seeing a lot of, you know, playing around and one guy sitting on, one guy not doing as much work. We saw right away Simon at the bottom took like a 400-meter pull from 1K to go to 600 meters to go. It basically let out Adam and then tried to get back on the wheel and obviously couldn't hold on to it, but they knew what they were doing and it was just, I'm sure they were incredibly excited to be in that position. Crampies. 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 We say that all the time. We should probably segue into our anti-crampy thing. Are you not ready? We can wait. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Today's show also brought to you by HVMN. By the way, uh, and they are our title sponsors. So every stage this year is brought to you, brought to you by Ketone IQ. And of course, we talk a lot about it with ketones and ketone ester and the, and the effects that it has, not just on uh, physical performance, but mental performance, uh, uh, obviously very widely used uh, within the Peloton today. Um, the, the bottom line is it delivers a clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier. So that helps on the mental side but also just the different type of fuel source uh, that it is, right? The body has fats and sugars and, and proteins and, and, and ketone is, is a whole separate fuel source. I know we're um, avid users of this. I've been hitting it and staying, trying to stay in a, a state of ketosis and, and, you know, get lean and mean for George. I was a big, this is a big, big month. And I'm I was excited. The move no, no, I know. I've actually been, no, I don't know how, I don't even actually, I know. Well, I'm, ex, I've been excited. <laughs> This is not. This has been a process for me. Um, you should hit, you should I, hit I him hope. hard before he turns us around. I know. But <laughs> wait, before he adjusts to altitude and and, yeah. and, and cleans up his life, I, I better get <laughs> I better get my licks in now. Uh, but I've been hammering the ketone IQ. Uh, our listeners can save thirty percent off uh, for your first subscription on ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move again hvmn.com slash the move and subscribe upon checkout gets you 30% off. Now let's talk about sleep. 
uh, uh, today's show also brought to you by Pillar. I I just looked this up before the show, and I I, I sleep amazing. Anna, my wife, is the worst sleeper of all time. Uh, But the stats will tell you that one-third of all Americans struggle with sleep. Now, if I get a bad night of sleep, uh, I mean, uh, it's awful. And you get a couple in a row. There are folks that struggle nightly, right? But, uh, uh, George, how was your sleep? Uh, Just a question, because I... I have to imagine it was better last night than it was the night before. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had a great uh, birthday dinner. Thank you, team, for making that happen for me. And then I went. I was in bed by ten o'clock, and slept great. And then uh, you know we have this new product that I've been using for the last few months, and I'm really, really believing it. It helps me sleep really well. Um, these guys are from Australia. Uh, the feed got behind with their exclusive provider of this product here in the United States, and it's just a great product. Pillar. Does it work? I mean, you're oh, like, because you got the aura ring, so you're testing this. You're telling us if it. Yeah, it works. And then, you know, when you have those really super hard workouts sometimes, you have those random cramps at night mm-hmm. that wake you up and you can't, like, get out of it. This is not happening anymore when you take this product. And here's the other thing I, I, I looked it up. So it's only a buck a night. How about that? A, a third of Americans struggle with sleep. So that's over 100 million people. For uh, around, right around a dollar a night, you can work towards better sleep. That's pretty crazy. Huh? For sure, dollar a night can't go wrong. And I know you like that kind of that 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 data point. George perked up. He said, "Whoa, just a dollar!" Uh, so if you want to sleep stress free, just like George, head on over to thefeed.com/slash/the-move. Again, that's thefeed.com/slash/the-move. And if you're just looking around George's Instagram and he's wearing his bike helmet, you'll see the big feed logo on there. Uh, again, thefeed.com/slash/the-move. That gets you twenty percent off Pillar and use the code. The move. All right, last one of the day, Ventum. We talk about it a lot. By the way, I saw your custom. Is that are you just like messing with me now? You, 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 outside of the garage, you left your custom Ventum NS1 just sitting there. Yeah, I just wanted you to like see it at your house. No, I walked out and the drive down. That you don't this. have a custom one yet. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I made a point of that. I saw he just had it like sitting there, right, right on my way out the door. Kind of rubbing it in. I noticed that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the thing just looks good. Um, but and as we alluded to earlier, we had this issue yesterday. Of course, George and I took our NS ones to Italy to Tuscany, and we rode all these roads over there, the white roads of Strada Bianchi, which separate subject are incredible, um, and the bikes handled amazing. Uh, the setup of the, the, whatever we did with the bike and the wheels and the tires was perfect. The yep. things were just absolutely perfect. And as I, if y'all watched yesterday, I had this thing where I said, you know, I was, I was not, I came in not very fit. I was excited to go and I started getting better and better every day, but I was out of shape going in. Um, and, 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 and as I recalled it yesterday, George, uh, I recalled George saying, you know, if you had just lost five pounds, <laughs> you'd, you'd feel a lot better. And I was pretty sure about it. And, um, and so we, we, had, we had George's birthday celebration with the whole team last night. And, I, and he said, I didn't say that, you know. And so I was like, so we, we were trying to um, remember how it all went down. And, uh, and I said, well, you know what? Hang on. You're, you might be right. You might be right. I said, maybe I said, um, if I could just lose five pounds. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's what you said. But, but, I've, I've, but I've continued to think about it. I have too, and I have my side of the story, but go no, ahead. No, so this is, what's, it just is a question for the listener or the viewer, right? What's worse, right? It, it doesn't feel good when somebody says to you, if you just lost five pounds. But here's the way I recall it now. I go, and this is, this thing about it, folks. I said, if I could just lose five pounds, and the friend on the other side of the table, what are they? 
you know, a friend says, ah, don't worry about it. Don't need to. He goes, yeah, <laughs> it almost feels worse as I've, as I've reflected on it. It's that, like the closer you are, like yeah, spouse it, being the closest, the just, correct answer is no, you look great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do I need to lose weight? I mean, the person you're supposed to say, I don't remember no, you that look part of the story. <laughs> no, I, I do I, remember giving you a kit and you go, I need to lose five pounds or so to get into this kit. I think I'm going to say, okay, sounds good. No, Something that's like not what that. you said. <laughs> Along no, those no, no. lines. No, it was, it, it's the other way to, the, the other way to the, the think about it is it was, it was a pile on. <laughs> I was sort of piling on myself and you just piled on that. Anyways, uh, we, we did the, thank God I had the NS1. It saved me a lot there. Uh, I'd love to go back at some point, take that bad boy back. Uh, and of course they have the GS1, which is just, just getting rave reviews on the gravel side. Uh, awesome team, awesome customer service. Um, for our listeners, you get 10% off. If you head over to VentumRacing.com slash the move, that's VentumRacing.com slash the move. Use the code we do. W-E-D. Anybody looking for a new bike? This is where you go. W-E-D-U is the code. Gets you 10% off. And stick around for the uh, later in the show if you're interested in getting a free Ventum. We'll have some details Ooh, on got, that. Yeah, we have trivia. Yeah. Now, normally we would, we would probably not talk about the polka dot jersey after stage one. I just assume we never talk. About now it. we have to. <laughs> now we have. Now, now I'm, I'm cool to talk about it today. Because uh, Nielsen Palace yep. is in the polka dot, an American, and it, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be an objective of his. Well, I don't know tour. if it's going to be an objective for the whole tour. I mean, obviously today with what happened with Carapaz, now they don't have many um, GC aspirations, and hopefully Nielsen gets even more of a free card to get results. But today, just. Rode at the front the last K or two of that second and last climb, which is a really thought, hard climb. I thought that was impressive. Very impressive. And yeah. still won the sprint. Um, clearly, he had that planned in his head to do and you know pulled it off. as in the, the polka dot jersey in the Tour de France. Pretty awesome. I mean, for EF, you have to they, – they invested a lot in Carapaz. And we, like I said at the top of the show, we talked about – I was curious how – I didn't – I certainly wasn't curious or thinking something like this would happen. Uh, obviously, his Tour de France is finished. Um, like it or not, 15 minutes is 15 minutes. Um, and no telling what the, the, the tail end of the crash will do to him or the effects of the crash. Um, but for EF, now they have to, I mean, they're sitting around right now going, new game plan. And yeah. whether it's, you know, competing for stages or a polka dot jersey. Nielsen Palace, by the way, is, a, is an amazing rider. I mean, this incredible kid, rider. incredible rider. Yeah, yeah. I think he's more than just a guy that tries to uh, poach some points in early stages for a polka dot jersey. I think he can win a stage. I think he can be top ten. I think you're right. And they have Uran, who can also win a stage and has been on. He's the still podium. racing. He's still racing. He's been on the podium in the Tour de France, obviously. And <laughs> he, I thought he always fact, says he's going to retire. The fact that Carapaz got up, you know, both knees were all banged up. Who knows? Who who knows what else was going on? And finished the stage, albeit 15 minutes behind. You know, hopefully he's able to recover from these, these injuries, and he can be a real, you know, G or not GC threat stage winner threat moving forward if he recovers from these injuries and can, could end up having still a great Tour de France. Well, I mean, yeah, with that certainly it, it, one of the benefits of losing that, that kind of time is, is you do free yourself up later on in the race. And, yep. you know, that happens a lot. Then, you know, you see somebody have an injury like that. You don't know, he's not going to know immediately the, mm-hmm. what the damage is. Right. So you just, if you're Carapaz, you just try to get on the bike, finish, assess the damage and hopefully you can stick around and be a stage hunter, but he may wake up tomorrow and these oh, knees are not going to move. And the and and the and the day after that, typically your your real pain sort of starts two days later. I will say, and I just just started thinking about this because um, 
You know, I think the, these teams and, 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 and all of sports that, that have impact crashes like this, they've come a long ways on helping these guys recover from those, whether it's just straight road rash or whether it's just getting the body back in alignment. I mean, when we crashed, it was like, damn, yeah, that sucks. Just put some bandages on there. Do you keep it wet? Do you keep yeah. it dry? But the, it, it, then some guys and us especially started carrying a chiropractor. But I think, uh, I think they've come a long ways to, to minimize recovery time for just, you know, for crashes, which is it's a big deal. Absolutely. That, I think they're, yeah, that you said the protocol is totally different now when these guys crash, um, they're getting, they're getting back going a lot quicker than we ever did. Uh, that's for sure. And I think Carpots, knock on wood, I think it'll be good. And hopefully by the end of the first week. And, and, and he didn't crash alone. Right. And yeah. Enrique Moss, no Moss yeah. in this tour, which is the name we talked about yesterday or Spencer spent some time talking about. Was it was an outside chance for for a podium finish? Both those guys, and right? so in, in one crash, yeah. it, we spent a lot of time talking about. Okay, we know who likely will will be the first two, but who's number three? Well, two out of probably the list of five or six guys went away today. Yeah, and let's be clear. You got you, you you're in a crash at the Tour de France. You and I, it's happened to us many times, probably more for me uh, than actually, you. Actually, it hasn't <laughs> happened that many times I can to me. think of a couple times for you. But you bounce, you get on your bike as soon as you can. You jump on the bike and you get ready to go. These guys, they tried to do the same thing and realized something's not right here. Um, so clearly, Enric Moss was super disappointed. His, 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 the default is to go, get going as quickly as possible. And sometimes the body just doesn't allow it. How many times did you hit the deck? Everyone remembers the the, the bag and grabbing the handlebars. Mm. Everyone remembers that. Do you do you recall how many times you actually? Well, let's. Uh, I, I, <laughs> when I think about this, because I do sometimes, because folks ask me, I I, I don't think about um, uh, t- 2009 to or 2009-2010. I just I've forgotten those. Okay, we'll leave that out. <laughs> so if you just go 99 to 05, yes, you had 2003 uh, with the kid at the, with the bag. Um, there were a couple of other little tip-overs, but that was about it. Am I missing something, G? Yeah, just a couple. Nothing really. Yeah, well, you, you always kind of just fall over when if the field is crashing in front of you and you're braking as hard as you can and you can't quite get it stopped, you might tip over. That was about it, outside, outside of 03. And then, George, you had 17 tours to France. Did you ever? You never crashed out of a, a tour, did you? Uh, my first tour, the very first yeah, one. First tour, I landed uh, without a helmet on, yeah, cracked my head open. Damn. Two weeks in, so yeah, I didn't make that one. Hmm. Damn. All right, let's talk about. Uh, we do have some fun stuff coming up. By the way, our friend Joe Natoli is back. Yes. Uh, but let's let's talk about stage two. Again, this is uh, no cakewalk for the beginning of the Tour de France. Okay. Yeah, this is a super. I mean, the, you can just look at the line. Yeah. I mean the the, and I guess we should maybe be a little more descriptive for folks that are listening. Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> I think I think most, it's so funny. We all look at these things. And we're like, you're like, and it, soak it up. We all just get quiet. And the people at home listening on some podcast platform are like, are they still there? <laughs> Hello. Well, Hello. Speaking of crashing, uh, we segued into this course. I had one of the worst crashes of my career following this man going down the Jaskabel mm-hmm. in San Sebastian, uh, which is a very technical climb. The climb itself isn't that hard. It's probably five kilometers at like six, seven percent. But the downhill is super, super fast. And uh, I think we were just trying to catch back up to the first five guys. And I was following Lance and I slid out in this corner and I went, you know, 40 miles an hour into a guardrail. It was ugly, straight to the hospital. So I remember this downhill quite well, and but a lot, most of the guys in the peloton have raced this race, whether it was in classic uh, San Sebastian or other stage races. 
So they know this climb, they know the descent, they know how twisty and windy. If you saw on TV, all there's no straight roads in this area. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be going super fast. Some nice pavement, though. Stage to oh no, the pavement's great. Yeah, <laughs> no, the pavement's great. It is good, but uh, and and like George said, if y'all have followed. Um, some of the classics. This, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's almost the exact run-in from the Classico San Sebastian, which I was lucky enough to win in, I don't know what year, 1995. Wow. Fuck, that was a long time ago. <laughs> almost 30 years ago. Feels like it was yesterday. Uh, it was with this Stefano Della Santa. I said, shit. Anyways, um, it, 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 the high ski boat, it's funny, too. When we did it back in, the, in, in those days, it was considered a very hard climb. I think this peloton will go over this thing. You saw the way they went up some of these climbs today. Speaking of that, one thing that I, I looked at, if, and if uh, the slide we looked at yesterday was accurate in that this was uh, just as steep and just as hard as the Muir de Wee, amazing the difference between, um, what is it, April and July. Right? If, 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 the, if it was that steep, they yeah. looked a lot faster and a lot easier than they do in it. it just, I think the, the Peloton the, this time of year, the people are just that much stronger, that much lighter, that much faster. That didn't look like, it looked a lot easier than the Muir de Wee. Now, um, we're going off a slide here that, that may or may not be totally accurate, but back to tomorrow. Um, it used to be a really hard climb. I mean, it would be full selection. Then you'd have this technical downhill. The one little thing, and if we pull the slide up again, once you descend off this tricky descent of the high ski bell, um, there's that, see that little blip right there? Right, with four or five K to go. That was always a really decisive point in, in the San Sebastian Classic. So if there's a group, I'll just call it right now, if there's a group of 10, 20 guys, 30 guys, maybe, well, with the strength of this group, it might be 50 guys, um, somebody's going on that little blip. It's, it's yeah. tricky enough and it's close enough to the finish that I think you go and you get away. Well, and it's just a question of if UAE really wants to keep the yellow jersey, if they're going to let a breakaway go. Um, tomorrow's a ideal stage for a breakaway but it is the second stage of the tour de france um there's still full teams out there mm -hmm. being able to control so it really just depends on uh what the uae and uh, jumbo do tomorrow boy it is just two teams in it watch <laughs> watching today God, it's crazy <laughs> i mean in Ineos, Ineos just you know i mean sort of i guess Ineos really started this this new modern trend but it's two teams oh crazy all right, we said Joe, Joe Natoli is back. He's coming out swinging this year. Uh, if those of you listening, he does some graphics about <clears> our <throat> team. And it, it, this is funny. It's for those listening. It's the uh, crack that tour, go forward, move ahead. Which, if you're our age, you know that's say, we, the we, Devo thing. We are really aging ourselves on this. Even George. <laughs> but look at this. <clears throat> There's the WeDo oh, team wow. and the Devo hats, which is funny because. On our team, Courtney and Colton, both much younger than us, were like, what is this? That's a Devo hat. Very much a generational thing. Well, and, nice and, and, and here's the other thing. Um, uh, uh, we, we were at dinner last night, of course, for George's B-Day, uh, much more subdued than the actual birthday party. But we were talking to Liz, uh, who I think saw what you saw Duran Duran in Austin just last week at, at the new Moody Center. Um, and you were having a conversation with, with Cam Cushion. And, oh, we saw Duran uh, Duran. And Cam was like, who's that? <laughs> I mean, they're fucking selling out the Moody Center. I don't know, there's probably 20,000 people there. It's huge, you know, these kids. I mean, uh, kids these days. <laughs> these kids these days. 
Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at you. No, no, no. And we've got some other fun stuff before we wrap up here today. Uh, we do. It's, have, it's probably worth being uh, 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 um, transparent about how we got whooped in our bets yesterday. And I, I will say too. So what? Uh, you know, I took Pogachar, um, which would have been good if his, if if the Yates brothers weren't off the front. But you know what? I had him too. If my aunt, never mind. I won't say that line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and took a long shot on Wout Van Art. And at dinner, I was looking. I was just uh, looking through the odds. Um, I did sneak in a bet on Germain, who, mm-hmm. who who did not look good today. So I, I was zero for three. So I got to I got to I got to make a run tomorrow. I should mention at dinner last night. Maybe it was because Spencer was there. Spencer Martin, who works on our Outcome Show, and was on the show yesterday. But all of us started really geeking out about putting a little action right. this year. Like it also, you know, one rolling. moment I looked at the dinner table and everyone was installing some sort of betting app. Right. And, and, <laughs> and nobody took Adam Yates. No, no, we all got burned on that first one. Yeah. But uh, if you are interested in that, you should uh, get a season pass and listen to outcomes. It's yep. pretty cool. All right. This is cool. I said earlier, if you want to win a Ventum, a Ventum NS1, you can participate by answering these trivia questions. All you have to do is write in your answer, and that will register to win a complete NS1 at the end of the tour. So the question, the trivia question today is, what is the highest mountain pass in this year's Tour de France? Ooh. Highest mountain pass. Just send that to trivia at ventumracing.com. They know all that stuff's online, right? Yeah, I know. But it's fun, and it gets you in the running. It gets you in there, right? Why not? Why? Oh shoot! I just told people how to figure it out. (laughs) The internet, and we got some questions. Some comments first from uh, from YouTube from our our preview show yesterday. Anthony writes: "So excited for this podcast! Appointment viewing, listening each day to go along with the tour." Uh, Dwayne writes: "I can't believe it's been a year already since I've caught an episode of the Move. I usually wait until after the first day of racing." but I'm excited to get a jump on the action and see what the guys have to say. Mm-hmm. Cliff writes, great stuff, guys. Uh, please, uh, please, please keep on going. Spencer is a fine addition. Thanks. Well, we knew that was happening. Yeah, no, here's yeah. another one. Marcus says, thanks for kicking off the year uh, covering the tour. I'd love the addition of Spencer. I know. I, I knew it. As soon as he was, ta- he he coming was go- back, yeah, as he was going yesterday, I thought we're, we're done. <laughs> you know, we're, the, we are done. And it, you know, his wife was watching. He told me, and she said, you know, he said, how do you think it went? He's like, I was like, what'd your wife say? He says, oh, she said it looked really good. I was like, yeah, I, I think it was good, man. I think, I think people probably nerded out on it just yeah. like you were nerding out. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. It's a, it's a great combo to have Spencer, even just this morning watching with Spencer, Obviously, he's he's such a factual guy, knows the history better than any of us, knows the climbs, but he doesn't have like the insider's view like Lance and I have. So it was just a great combination mm-hmm. to have him. And he's even if he's not on the show right now, we have access to him at all times. So it's a great addition to the team. We were talking about some climb yesterday um, in Switzerland and uh, while we were at dinner, and he said, you know, you, you did that in the 2010 Tour of Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Oh, is it Joe Natoli's back at it? Natoli I mean, made this oh, uh, so we have Spen- Einstein version of Spencer. Spencer Einstein. <laughs> That's about right. But but he's like telling me, and I said, uh, okay, I don't, I don't even, I mean, this level of detail is amazing. Yeah, it is insane. And then one other thing, I'll read one other comment because uh, at, when we wrapped up the preview show yesterday, I go, we never mentioned Vanderpool. 
So a lot of people notice that. And so Brian says, no one is talking about Vanderpool. I heard he's punching out unprecedented numbers. Mm. Also, I like Skilmos for third mm. of the GC. Well, obviously won the Tour of Switzerland. Uh, I did ask Spencer about that. Uh, yesterday, because I, I don't know a lot about him. He, he in his and with his analysis, felt like uh, the Tour Swiss might have taken a lot out of him. He's a young rider. Um, whether or not that can last three weeks and, and ultimately get him on a podium, uh, who knows? Uh, TBD. But what I told Spencer is, oftentimes you see this with countries where uh, obviously you have a, a, a rider like Jonas Vingegaard who's captured the, the imagination of an entire country. And we, we know, I mean, Denmark has a huge cycling history. Um, um, and, and we saw the reception he got last year when he won. Don't think for a second that any of these other young guys that think they have that potential are not watching that. And that's what I said to Spencer, like, dude, they're watching that going, you know what? I want, I want a little snack on that, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I can do that. And it just, it drives the, the, all of your peers um, to be better. And so, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, uh, we'll see, we'll see if he has the, the, the legs to go for three more weeks. And today was a good, a good indication that final climb, albeit not a very long climb, but there was only, I think four guys at the top. And then you have sort of the, on paper, the battle for third. So we had some good guys up there in that group of 14, Pino, um, Henley, Guys that we've picked, that Spencer's picked to be part of that, you know, third place podium there at the final of the race. So just today was really interested. Gadu was up there uh, in the first group. Landa, these are all podium uh, contenders. Um, and obviously the guys that were ended up only being 15 or so seconds behind that group. But they don't want to be 15 or so seconds behind these guys right now in the first stage of the Tour de France. So this was sort of the first battle for third place Um that we saw today was kind of fun. And, to watch. and the and the folks that that uh, just to circle back on Matthew Vanderpool because that's an obvious name, right? So to me, it's the three names stick out that that you would have thought um, had a chance to win today, right? You, you think of Matthew Vanderpool, you think of Tom Pitcock, and you think of Julian Alaphilippe, right? Um, n- none of them were in that front group, just just uh, for the record. Um, but but on paper looked like a great day for him. Yeah. And they had their teams at the front all day. Uh, Vanderpool had a couple of guys and so did, uh, Alaphilippe. Yeah. Um, little note here. Uh, if you, a lot of people are always like, especially the people who watch on YouTube, they're like, where's Johan? Where's Johan? Will they, I mean, we cover it all with Johan JB squared, right. which I'll go do after this. I'll sit down with Johan. He'll go deep on everything that he observed today and looking ahead and this year, we're putting it on our YouTube channel as well. Great. Because there was a little bit of confusion. And you have a little delay, so you, you know what the man's doing right now. He's, getting, he's, he's just shoveling. He's just scooping everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that two- or three-hour delay in terms of you know, what, 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 you know, injury reports or, or just other updates from inside the Peloton, he's, he's getting right now. And then, of course, he'll also be recording La Movida with Victor Hugo Pena and uh, Outcomes with uh, Spencer, who That's we right. just went on and on about. You can get that at wedo.team. You can send in a question, please do, to the move at wedo.team. Great. All right, we're 39 minutes in. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that, that, that's pretty good. We, we did well. <laughs> Anyways, we, we, we will be back bright and early tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm Just last thing, on. I'm so curious to see, uh, and I touched on it, but I'm curious to see how a, a Tour de France Peloton goes over the high ski bell. Like, I, I just think back to the 90s 
we used to think about that thing like, damn, we got to get over the high ski belt. It was like a big climb. Yeah. I don't think it's going to look like that tomorrow. It would be good to see what Jay, uh, you, you and uh, Johan say about tomorrow's whoa, uh, stage. Whoa. You're right. <laughs> I just said JB squared. You, almost, said you and Johan. Whoa. Uh, I, I, all right. And f- for the uh, uh, for y'all at home, he, I promise the man's going to have another. He's going to take some pillar tonight. I'm he will. Ketones, but can I finish my point? Yeah. I want to know what Johan would do tomorrow. It's actually a good question. Can you finish it? But yes. 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 I, I, will, I will relay your question. I want to know what Johan will do tomorrow if he was in that lead, if he's in that position with the, the yellow jersey with Pogachar. Would he try to keep the jersey, let it go, let a breakaway go? Who, or who, would he, who does he think would control the race for a potential 40-person, 40, 50-person sprint? I would say Matt Spedersen, but he didn't look good today. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect stage for him, but he... he, he yeah, uh, I mean, for sure, I mean, you'd think on paper, for sure, you know, Wild Van Aert and Vanderpool can make it over the Yaskabel uh, and make it a really exciting sprint finish. Right, and you know who's faster than them after they make it over the high Bell? Who? Tade Pogacar. I don't know about that. Ask Spencer. That <laughs> <laughs> was an uphill finish today, and it looked like Wild didn't even sprint, so All right. we'll see you tomorrow. Time will tell. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you tomorrow.